Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good day, everyone. My name is Dee Yvonne Rivers. I'm your host for Birth Moms Real Talk podcast, a platform where birth mothers share their journey, share their story. We heal together, we grieve together, we go through trauma together, and really we let people know we're not alone. We're all in this together. So I'm so happy to have as my guest today, Laura. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Good, good. So we are going to turn it over to you to share a little bit about your journey, your story of becoming a birth mom. Okay. In 1967, I was your typical teenager, uh, high school senior, (laughs) Okay. and ended up, found myself pregnant, and my boyfriend at the time had decided that he would rather join the army Mm. than be married and a father. And he was very young himself. I um, ended up finally telling my parents after three months. (laughs) You know, I I think that's a commonality if I can say to Laura. And I keep, most will say uh, we were in denial. So, you know, but we got to face it sometimes. So three months was your time. Yeah. Well, I I honestly, I honestly kept thinking it would just go away. (laughs) <laughs> because, like I said, I was just a teenager, and I was right. a very naive teenager in 1967. Right. So what happened was my mother and father, after a huge, you know, it just caused a ton of stress mm. in the family, of course. Mm-hmm. Because back yeah. in, in that day, you just yeah. you just didn't get pregnant. It was right. like the worst thing. It was considered almost criminal. Uh, and yeah. my father actually took me put me in the car and drove all the way to the army base where my boyfriend was a, he was in a boot camp. Okay. And of course it, it was a, a nightmare. It was absolutely wow. a nightmare because the, the uh, military wouldn't even pretty much talk to my father. Right. And yeah. anyway, by the time we got back home, this was back in Mississippi. And by the time we got back to Mississippi, we, I, my father went to the minister, our family minister decided the best place for me to be would be at an unwed mother's home in New Orleans, Louisiana. Wow. And they, they were just so sure that I would just go over there, have the baby and forget it ever happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. anything but happened. <laughs> right. Exactly. You didn't go along with the game plan, Laura. No, <laughs> I, I was, I was totally convinced because got to remember I'm a teenager mm-hmm. I was totally convinced that somehow some way a knight in shining armor would save my my day right. and either my boyfriend would come back once he took a look at me he would decide oh yes I have to be with this woman right. and um I want to be a father and then he never did of course and right. I kept thinking my father would change his mind mm-hmm. about me giving up the baby so mm-hmm. I constantly fantasized the whole, you know, five months that I was there right. that I would keep the baby. Okay. And that was not what happened mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So. So let me, when you say your dad put you in the car. So 
First of all, I, I try to make it real for our listeners. You said you found out. You told your mom and your dad? No, I told my mother first. She asked me. Okay. And She I suspected? Mm-hmm. And I told her, and then, of course, she told daddy. And then, okay. of course, I had to tell my grandmother, who was, you know, the light of my life. Right. And I was hers, too. And she was so disappointed. I honestly think it's the first time I ever saw my grandmother break down the wow. way she did. Wow. That's how okay. horrendous it was for them. They yeah. they felt like I had destroyed my life by doing right. this, you know. And, right. Yeah. And, and that's and I, how, as you mentioned, sixty seven. Right. That's that's how it was. It was, and you mentioned for us. Oh, it's like it's almost criminal, you know. She's pregnant. Oh, wow, 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 you know. Yeah. But I was yeah. just putting the, trying to put a time perspective in it. So once they knew, that's when your dad put you in the car and went to the army base. So what was his expectation when he got there? He was going, he wanted to talk to the young man. Okay. And um, I'll never forget, I I believed that we would get over there. It was in Georgia. So we okay. drove straight through from Mississippi. <laughs> oh, my. And, yeah, I know. And my parents barely said a word the whole trip. You know, they were wow. horrified. And I think they were just so disappointed because back then, you know, it's just, I, I can't even stress enough to people. It was pretty much the worst thing a girl could do. Yeah. 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 And and that, that was how, that was how it, when I say how it was, because that's how, how it was. It was. It <laughs> you was. know, I mean, I don't know any other way of putting it, you know, of just instantly. And I use the word instantly that, okay, you're okay now, but time you say you're pregnant and not married. That's where I think I said maybe on the last podcast we was talking about legitimate or illegitimate. You become completely become illegitimate then. You know? exactly. exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Go and, ahead. And uh, you have just destroyed your life, according to them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Nobody will ever think the same of you. Right. We have to get you out of here. We have to hide. You. Exactly. And nobody can see you pregnant, for God's right. sake. Right. And, right. and God forbid they see you with a newborn baby. Right. So. One thing that did happen in my case, and I know this happened many times, my mother and I had a very contentious relationship, okay. always, and I was just so sad that she was so angry with me, mm. and she finally came to me and said one day, what we would do is take me over to the unwed mother's home, and then they would bring me back after the baby was born, and she would pretend like the baby was hers. Oh, and that's she, that's been done, you know. Oh, I know. Many but, times. Yeah. And she yeah. was still very young. My mother was a very young mother. I okay. had three little three little brothers. Okay. And so um, my youngest brother was, I think, nine at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, in my mind, it was something we could do. Mm-hmm. Well, my father said no. He mm-hmm. said, "Your mother has a hard enough time with you kids, with four of you." Mm-hmm. And and she did. She had a very difficult time with all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think my father, in his wisdom, knew that would probably even make her even, you know, have more right. problems. Right. And right. so anyway, he he honestly felt like he was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I I remember when I finally figured out what they were doing with me. We were sitting in the office, and I was being admitted into the place. And my father was talking to the lady who was admitting us and she said well Laura what you're doing is a wonderful thing you are giving this child up to a family that 
you know, needs a child. And that's the last thing you need. And you will forget this ever happened. And la, 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 la. And my father was sitting there like he's in on it. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm going to have the baby here, but I'm going to take it back. And my mama's going to say, it's her baby. And daddy, that's when daddy, he asked the lady if we could have some time. And we sat alone in the room and he told me, you're not going to keep the baby. And, you know, at the time, I mean, my my adult children that know me now Mm -hmm. cannot imagine me being told I was going to do this. Mm -hmm. But at that time, as a young Mm -hmm. 17-year-old, I would have done anything to make my father happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt so bad. Or to, or that was was that a, uh, a sign or step for you to, to get back into his grace? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now it was interesting how you said it, and that's what I want you to speak about too. How quickly this stuff that the wheels start turning of what, and yeah, think how you put it, what they were going to do with you. Yes. That decision of what they they what they, what <laughs> what they were yeah. going to do with exactly. you. And and, and you're in this room and they, your dad is talking to the people at the, at the home, but you're not allowed to say what you want. Exactly. I was never allowed to say what I wanted. Okay. In fact, from that day on, I was not really allowed to talk much about it. Mm. And they did come visit me there. Like once a month, they could come and take me to lunch or something. Mm. And and they did. They came over, but never did the subject of my child come up? And right. here I was at the end, nine months pregnant, mm-hmm. huge, mm-hmm. with this obvious, you know, elephant in the room, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and they take me, you know, to lunch and they couldn't talk about it. They could we, not talk about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing and it's not a laugh, but it's the truth is told on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Birth yeah. mom's real talk and that's emphasis, real talk. Because what the moms are sharing, just like you are, Laura, are things that people, a lot of people have never heard. They've never well, heard. What do you mean you couldn't decide? What do you mean that they didn't talk to you? That's what, you know, what do you mean that they didn't address it? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that it made me feel so bad about myself. And this is the God's honest truth. Mm-hmm. I carried that. For 49 years, Mm. no matter what success I had in my life, Mm -hmm. no matter what joy I had from my other children, I always had this thing inside of me that made me feel like I was not worthy of being a mother and that I had messed up so bad and I was Mm -hmm. not the person that people thought I was. Mm -hmm. And I carried that. And, and, you know, now it makes me angry Mm. because I realized that. I had no choice, mm-hmm. but I wasn't even said, you know, to, well, you don't have a choice. We're doing this for you. You have to do. They didn't say that. Mm-mm. It was implied. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I realized, you know, all these years later, how all of that happened because specifically of men in my life, mm-hmm. my father, the mm-hmm. boyfriend that wouldn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And also the minister Mm. And men were making the choice for me mm-hmm. because I really think my mother probably would have gone through with what she had told me she would do. Right. right. But of course, she didn't want to upset 
daddy mm-hmm. or the minister mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've done a lot of soul searching on this. and right. I, Because I was asked that question. Once it came out, once my son found me mm-hmm. and the truth came out, my other children were shocked because mm-hmm. they only know the woman I am now. Mm-hmm. They know mm-hmm. that I'm a very non-judgmental right. woman. They mm-hmm. also know that I would never, you know, give up one of my children willingly, mm-hmm. right? no matter my age. Mm-hmm. And so they could not understand or comprehend a time right. like that. Right, right. Because it seems to, in today's society, it seems like, that, as I say, what do you mean? How come? Whatever, you know, all these questions here. Whereas back in, not only just back in the day, when you talk about the girls who went away or all of that, that whole thing of whomever you were around with your family of making the decisions of what they were going to do with you is yes. if you, and not only is if you did not having any say, and it silenced so many. And, and I'll tell you, Laura, I, I, I went through the same thing of, if you've heard my story of just saying, and no one listening. Like yes. no one was listening to me, like not even responding to yes. me. Yes. So, so I then had to determine, okay, they're not responding because they don't think I'm worthy to respond to, or they're just going to do what they want. And, 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 and that wasn't the beginning of me. I've always been, I don't call myself a militant, but really I always went against, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, you know, what do you mean? I got to do what you say, you know, <laughs> with that. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so, so it became that I, I just knew I had to. Say my voice. Now, my voice won't, then won't get in the cross, but I could still yeah. say my voice. Yeah. And, and the painting the picture. And that's why that's why this platform was really organized or, or, or launched for birth moms to tell the real deal, a real story of how it is, because it does seem unbelievable when you hear something listening, yes. just like you're saying your kids. They yes. know you who you are. And they're like, oh, it, no, 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 that, that, no, that didn't happen. Mm, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. It, Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it caused my whole life changed right. at that point. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I was headed in one direction mm-hmm. and having to leave my son mm-hmm. in that unwed mother's home mm-hmm. two days after his birth. It almost it almost killed me. I know. It, it, mm-hmm. it took such a part of me. Yes. And you gave was, up a part of you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember accidentally the nurses in the hospital I was taken to a hospital to have him I was left alone in the Mm -hmm. hospital to have him Mm -hmm. and there was nobody there Mm -hmm. and actually my I was having difficulties and actually my parents were told I was in the hospital I guess or somehow they knew Mm -hmm. and they drove the two hours to New Orleans and my mother actually did come into the room right before they gave me twilight sleep, which, you know, put right. me under. I, right. I don't even remember the birth at all. But my mother and father were devastated. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they felt like they were doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And But it made me almost hate them. I had a, mm-hmm. I, I left. I ended up marrying the first person who asked me to marry him. Mm-hmm. Six months later, after returning home wow. to my hometown. And he was from California. And I honestly can say, I feel like that was why I married him, mm-hmm. to get away from my mm-hmm. little hometown in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so 
Now, you also said, Laura, the first person who asked you, because that itself asks up to Mary, they care about you, they love me. So you were searching for love. You wanted love. And you just come through a traumatic experience not getting that love. So now here's someone raising up a sign. I love you. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. also an escape for me mm. to start a new life. Right, right. And as young as I was, I knew that if I stayed where I was at, mm-hmm. it was not a good thing. Nobody would talk to me about it. Wow, it was yeah. as if it never happened. There was yep. no counseling, no yep. counseling at I all know. back then. I know, I know. And, you know, and, and that that was then, and I'll say now, and, and I talk about, and you've heard me say, we're... We're at this platform pulling the cover off of the secrets, the lies, and all of that. Because even if the scenario or, and I say the inadequacies of the families or the adoption people or whatever, is speak to and give value to the moms. That's where the healing comes. When you've beat down a mom by saying, and I, and I don't remember exactly what you're saying, it was a, you'll for, oh, you walk away and forget about it. They lied. Yeah. <laughs> they just lied, you know, and, and, and the whole, the whole, what's ludicrous is the fact that you would say this, how in the world are you going to yes. forget about a child that you gave birth to? And, and how can, how can parents who have children yeah. and know the connection, how yeah. can they even say that to their child? This right. was their first grandchild. Right. And right. I was right. their only daughter. Right. And yeah. And I, I left. I left and yeah. I never went back. And right. it took me years yeah. to even go back and visit. Right. And, and in the end, it was okay because as I got older and wiser. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I applaud you for you recognizing what you needed for yourself. Because a lot of times that others, it's, it's almost like essentially when, when a child is abused, and and maybe by a family or the, even the parent, that child may still want to be with that person because you can't disconnect from one versus the other. But you recognize the fact that you there was value with you, and you and I heard you say you could no longer stay there. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't have my mother angry with me for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think it took her many years to mm-hmm. get over it. And I think it may have never been something she really forgave me for. Mm-hmm. And um, that weighed on me, no matter right. what no matter what direction I went right. in. Right, right. Uh, because I thought of that child every day of my life. Yeah. I've had yeah. many adoptees ask me, mm-hmm. is it true you thought about your son every day of your life? Mm-hmm. And I say, yes, because mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. and I know to other mothers too, yeah. it's like our children are part of us. Yes. It's like, we know when they're in pain, even if they're not mm-hmm. sitting next to us. Mm-hmm. We, it's like they're our arms, our legs. They're part of us. It's and, that birth connection, that birth bond, and yes. that will never be broken. No, they'll no. be and be in another family, adoptive family, grow up with people and whatever and so forth. But that birth bond connection, and I think you've heard me speak about it. My son was forty-five years for finding my son. That okay. first hug, it was like, well. Waiting for this for 45 years. Literally. Yes. Literally. Yes. Yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. My my son, I looked for him over the years, but, you know, in the 60s and 70s, first of all, I had to do everything secretly because, you know, I couldn't talk about it. Mm. And I got no help from anyone. Mm-hmm. My first husband, 
was he, he was just so dis- disgusted with me when I told him what had happened, and he he didn't help me. Right. So later on, I remarried. You know, like maybe twelve years later, mm-hmm. and my husband and I combined our families and totally different kind of man. Mm-hmm. And he was so supportive. And I did tell him because he, one of the things he used to say to me when I was a single mom and he was a single dad, divorced mom, divorced dad. Mm-hmm. And we had, I had three sons and he had a son and a daughter. Okay. And he would say, you know, one thing I love about you is you're such a great mom. Mm-hmm. And so one day I said, let me tell you something. And you might think less of me, but you might not think I'm a great mom when I tell you. And he took me in his arms and said, I am so sad that you went through that. Mm. Do you want me to help you find him? Wow. What wow. a difference. you know? Yes. And, and that made me feel like so mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. like and, and understood. Absolutely. You know, from the beginning, he knew that was something I would never have chosen mm. to do. But go back to your statement, Laura, as you said to your husband. Well, when she said, is that why you're a great mom? And your statement of saying, well, maybe you won't think this now. That was something that came, was, was, let me ask versus say it is. Was that something that came from all of what you've heard before is if you tell about that you had a child out of wedlock, that immediately made you not good anymore? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I can tell you that when my son found me through Mm -hmm. Ancestry.com. Okay. DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, it was forty nine years later. Okay, and I I can't even tell you. It was like I I was like I went from a person who mm. was this was the biggest secret in my life mm-hmm. that I was going to take to my grave. I thought. Mm. Were you really? Yeah. I, oh, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't. I couldn't utter wow. the words. Wow. Okay. And I am not kidding you. Okay. When when he. And I connected. That changed in an instant. Okay. Okay. I thought, what the heck am I thinking? It's not uh-huh. 1967. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want to shout to the world. Yes. My yes. son has found me. Uh huh. I was so happy. I was. I don't think I've ever felt that kind of joy. Right. And, and I'm a very happy person. <laughs> but there was just this. This. You know what it was like. It was like when you have a newborn baby. And you're holding that infant, mm-hmm. and you feel all of that love and that connection that you never even dreamed mm-hmm. that you would feel. Mm-hmm. And and this was like that same feeling. Right. I was in love. Right. I right. could not. I was in cloud nine. Yeah. And when he yeah. he flew out to see me because he was mm-hmm. still in Louisiana. Okay. And he flew out to see me in California four days later. Okay. When I hugged him for the first time, uh-huh. it's just like. It's just like you said. Mm-hmm. It was like I was hugging any of my children. Mm-hmm. It was like meant to be. Mm-hmm. And it was the most marvelous feeling right. I've ever had in my life. Right. And right. It, it was magical. Uh-huh. And I felt such, you know, relief. I felt yes. relief because he didn't hate me. <laughs> I right. was so afraid right. he would hate me. Right. Yeah. And, and we were so much alike. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> Well, you know, that's the joy behind the joy behind reunion, as well as the process of reunion. And likewise, as you say, 
that he was overjoyed to find you. He was searching for you and he found you because we talked about, I think, on the Facebook Live today about reunion, that it may go the other way. But even w- whether it does or not, that birth, you, that, that was with you for those 49 years. That connection, thinking of him every day, yes. whether he wanted to reunite with you or not, that was you with that. Yes. And, yes. and I'll ask this regarding birthdays. I don't know if you, when you talk about for us, think about your child every day. Birthdays were special days. What did you do during his birth on his birthday all those 49 years before he found you? Well, what I did was I, when I left the unwed mother's home mm-hmm. for the last time, mm-hmm. I took his little birth card okay. and stuffed it in my pocket. <laughs> and I carried that birth card across the country to California mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. I had it in a little box. Okay. And I kept it in my closet, hidden, because he was hidden. He was a secret mm-hmm. son. And every birthday, on holidays, mm-hmm. I would take that card out. Okay. It was wrenching. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. It was the yeah. only thing I had that proved that I had a son. Right. I had named right. him Jamie. They, they allowed us to give him, or to give our babies a, okay. crib, a crib name. Okay. And I thought of Jamie. That's how he was to me. He was Jamie. Jamie. And he continued to be Jamie until he connected with me when his his name was Richard. Okay. (laughs) So I was like, Richard. (laughs) But it's so it's so amazing though, because that birth card was like that birth card has played such a huge Mm. huge thing in my Uh life because Uh not only did I carry it around and think of him with it and you know like I said it was secret my husband right. knew it was there but right. my kids didn't know right and once it all came out and that you know they were wonderful I can never so did they know before he found you or you told them then no they didn't know okay okay and I had to tell him my kids my stepchildren my you know my fam, my friends some family didn't know you know right. the younger ones right and everyone welcomed him with open arms great we Great. had a beautiful reunion. The only, the only bad thing, and and I think I told you about this. My son was in my life for four and a half years, mm-hmm. and it was marvelous. Yeah. We traveled back and forth to see each other. He had three okay. children. His children, my three new grandchildren, and mm-hmm. everything was just beautiful. And then last year, he took his own life, mm-hmm. and sure. the yeah. birth card. You know, I had given him the birth card for oh. his Christmas present, our okay. first Christmas together. I put it in a memory box, and I put a photo of me at that age. Yeah. The, the first photo he had shown me of him after his parents adopted him at five okay. weeks. Okay. And um, the week before he, he did this, I asked him if he could take, take it out of the memory box, because I'd given it to him, and, and I'm, I've written a book, and my publisher wanted wanted to possibly put it on the cover. Right, right. And so I asked him if he could get it for me, and he said, sure. He said, we're having a snowstorm in Louisiana, which they never do. Right, And yeah. he said it was one of those kind of freaky things, and he said, but I will get to to the store, or get to the office store, mm-hmm. and I will get a scan this for you and send it to you. And I said, oh, I'm so thankful, you know, <clears throat> because they can maybe use it for the cover. Right. So right. he actually did that. And then a few days later, he called me and we had a wonderful talk. 
Mm-hmm. And little did I know this was going to be our last conversation. Mm-hmm. He told me I meant the world to him uh-huh. and that I was the best thing that ever happened to him. And I will keep that conversation yeah, that's close to my heart that for the memory. rest of my life. Uh-huh. And so then, after everything, my grandson found the birth card and gave it back to me. So uh-huh. I have it again. But yeah, how are you processing all of this? This was just last year, Laura. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first, actually, the first six months were mm-hmm. probably. It was almost like I was back in time. Yeah, he was gone, yeah. but he was gone forever this time, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, and I, I finally, after six months, I I began to um. I, I began to realize that no matter what had happened in mm-hmm. the end, this. This son of mine mm-hmm. came into my life, and mm-hmm. how lucky was I? Mm-hmm. How lucky was I to have four and a half years? Yeah. And how yeah. fortunate was I to have my grandchildren still in my life? Mm-hmm. And they gave you, you know, heritage and legacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it gave them a chance yeah. to know who their grandmother was. Mm-hmm. They never would have known who I was. Right. We probably, I don't know if we would have connected the, the grandchildren myself eventually, but. Right. I just yeah. know that now that it's been a year, it's almost exactly a year. Wow. I feel I feel stronger. Good. And yeah. I look at the positive. Yeah. And yeah. I also want everyone to know, even if the outcome in a reunion is not what you think it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so healing. Yeah. 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 And I, I I got to know my son. Right. Right. And to see him as an adult. Yes. To see him as an adult, you know, and as we talk about the process of healing and adoption and and all of that, is that we we had those aches that that grief, that trauma every day, not being with our child, and as you say, the period of time that you had that's giving you some blessings and some healing. But even if you didn't have that, all the other things that would not, maybe you would not have met your children. So it is about looking at the positive what we have it's so sad and i'm sorry my condolences to you for losing your son permanently because you lost him some years ago 49 years before you reconnected that's why every day is so precious yes yes every day is so precious i'm and I, so thankful yeah I'm so thankful yeah that i had him for four and a half years. yes yes and and i encourage well I mean, whether you're in adoption or not you know and I think I may have shared with you, I recently lost my oldest brother. Yes. And and I, I gave reflections, um, or really did reflections, and it was like memories. Remember, remember the positive. Remember the positive. Yes. Because quite frankly, and all of you may know, if you know my story, this was a brother who didn't take me to the hospital to have my job. Yes, yes. This was a brother. And when... Not only when I reunited with my son, but when I started the podcast a year ago, um, he was still not ready to acknowledge I have a son. But it's okay. It's okay. As I say, I'm the one out there. Well, I got a son. I was not shutting up. (laughs) I was not shutting up. It was up to them to block it and not acknowledge and so forth. And you have every right to do so. But I encourage everyone, speak speak your voice, speak your piece or whatever, because that's for you. That is yes. for you. 
that you really was talking and knew and wanted to uh, reunite with your son for years before you did. And all the time that you did have is those four and a half years, you made the best of it. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. It's not. And and it's what we do with the time we have now. You've written the memoir. That's going to help others. You're on this podcast here. That that's what that's what I look at. I look at for as a fact my son and I. We're in reunion. We're growing. We're getting to know each other. It's a process. It's a yes. roller coaster. Yes. Reunion is hard. I'm you've heard. I've said it before. I'm gonna keep saying it. It's hard, but I wouldn't do without it. <laughs> it's, That's how been, I feel. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. I've been given the opportunity. So, yeah, I'm moving through this, not not putting any any sugar code on it or whatever. It's work. It's work. And that, that's how you build relationships is with work of any kind of relationship, much less for his adoption, mom, a child and so forth. So you got to do your work. I'm doing my work. My son is doing his work. We're connected. We're talking. And only through that. And it's a process and a lifelong journey, lifelong journey with this. Absolutely. So anything that you want to really share with the birth moms that you've learned yourself or put in place. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about it for us. There's this whole thing of being being ostracized, shame because of, okay, you got pregnant. Now, other other teenagers was having <laughs> sex also. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. happened not to. Exactly. <laughs> we got caught. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the whole, that's the truth. It's yes. like everyone yeah. was doing it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. you know I, I had to, I had to really do a lot of research while writing my memoir because I wanted, mm-hmm. there, were, there were times I would think, did that really happen? Uh, and I would look up things, you know, like I, I found stuff about the home. I found stuff about the medical practices back then and everything. And I also started learning more about birth moms. Mm-hmm. And because before I, I kind of thought I was the only birth mom in the world, I guess. <laughs> and once I started connecting with other birth mothers, mm-hmm. I realized, oh, my God, my book is not just about me. Mm-hmm. My book is not just for me. Right. It's for it's for people to understand all of these women mm-hmm. like myself mm-hmm. who who went through this feeling of secrecy and shame yep. for something that was so not a crime. Mm-hmm. And and also I've learned a lot about adoptees as well. And I feel I feel such a sadness for things my son told me, even though he had a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had wonderful adoptive parents. And he, he did have opportunities that I know I could not have given him as a teenager. But he also told me he never really felt like he fit in. Mm. And he always thought his mother had just maybe just didn't want him. Mm. And so I I feel like connecting with him not only gave me the gift of him, Mm -hmm. but it gave me a gift of realizing that I can make a difference by yes. talking about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can always learn to be positive when talking yes. about it, because even though the results were not what I'd ever in my yeah. whole life want, yeah. still, I got to meet my son. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I got to know him and love mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And he loved me, and we right. laughed together, and we right. had so much in common. We thought that was hilarious. And right. So I, did you have, did you do the, I call it the mirror, 
that when you first met your son, did you see the similarities? You're just glaring at him and just looking at him. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off. <laughs> and, and you want to know something funny. This is good. When I was pregnant with him, and up until I left him, I always thought he was going to look like his father. Because when he was bald, he didn't have, he just had fuzz on his head. Uh-huh. But his father was blonde with blue eyes. Well, I have dark hair and dark eyes. And I always visualized, this is kind of crazy. I always visualized my son, my son finding me. And he would drive up to my parents' house in a red car. I don't know why it was red. And he would go up to the porch, knock on the door and say, it's Laura here, you know, and they would say, because I didn't change my name and I thought it would be on the birth certificate, but, but the way, by the way, it wasn't, okay. but I thought that's how he would find me because I was naive and <laughs> he did find me 49 years later on the internet, right. which who would have ever dreamed that? I know. Who knew about but, internet? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the best part of all. He looks so much like me. Oh, wow. He looked so much like me. It was scary. Right. He, he was like a male version of me. Okay. He looks more like me than my other sons that I raised. Okay. He has two daughters and a son. One of the daughters is like a clone of me. Okay. Wow. And she and I laugh about it. She was eight years old when I met her. Uh-huh. She put her little arms around me and she said, Grammy, I think I've met my twin. And That's I, wonderful. I mean, for an eight-year-old to say that to you when yeah. you first meet them. Yeah. And I mean, she even wears glasses almost identical to mine. Okay. And she has the same face and she mm-hmm. loves to read. She loves to mm-hmm. write stories. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. So Yeah. Yeah. But it's real. You know, when you talk about fours and looking, because likewise, when I held my son for that first uh, and only time at 12 days old before I went to the lobby of the hospital. It's like, you have my eyes, you've got my nose, you've got my mouth. And then when I found the first picture of him online, Uh I was like, there it is. There it is. That's him. That's him. You know, and it had been like 45, well, 45, 42, 43 years. But it's, what did you say? You see that. You can't ignore yes. it. You can't oh, no. ignore it at all. And they're going to believe that you can forget about this. I mean, he was so much a part of me that it was, we had the same likes and dislikes. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. we laughed about it that first night together mm-hmm. when he flew out here. Mm-hmm. Finally, my husband went to bed and left us because right. you know, it was like midnight. <laughs> I and, know. Uh, I we, know. We were just we would just sit there and look at each other. Uh huh. Ah. Uh huh. I mean, uh-huh. it was the most wonderful thing. And yeah. He had my skin. He had yeah. my my hair. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just we just loved each other. There was right. such a connection. Right. Yeah. You know, when you said about Forrest, one time you thought you were the only birth mother. Because I believe a lot of birth mothers, not that they isolated themselves, but they hadn't had the experience because there wasn't nobody talking. Right. That's what it was, because it's just one nobody talking. You know, because I've heard other moms say, well, really? I've heard some mothers come on the pod, and they never have met another birth mom completely. You might have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, might have and didn't know it. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. See, that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Once I started talking about it, mm-hmm. people that I had no idea mm-hmm. had, had similar experiences. I had oh, yeah. a couple of women came up to me. Uh-huh. Um, and anytime I talk about this whole scenario in my book and right. and also a few other uh, anthologies that parts of the reunion have been published in, I've had 
birth mothers walk up to me, and some mm-hmm. of them were women I knew. Okay. <laughs> and and they've said, you know, I need to talk to you, and I know immediately. And yeah. the yeah. same with my um, the same with my uh, son as far as adoptees. When I talk about him being adopted, I would have people turn to me and say, I'm adopted. Mm-hmm. I thought about searching for my mom, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid. Right. And, and right. so I honestly think that this whole, this whole thing happening was bigger than I ever dreamed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can speak about Birth Moms Real Talk podcast. I knew it was needed. But as yes. I said, for it's coming out, and I, I get letters, emails from adoptees and saying that now I know my birth mom's side of the story because they had not heard that before. They have not heard that. And when they hear something, well, and, and really some had said, well, now, and some had not start, started searching. And then it's like, I think I'm ready to search. So it's life changing. Yes. It's life changing by sharing stories, and that's why the, that's the platform of this podcast. Birth moms—we're all birth moms. We have different scenarios we've been through. You know, forty years ago, thirty years ago, I, I think one of my podcasts is going to be launching next week. It was like two years ago. Wow. You know, open, close, all that. Have seen reunion, have not had reunion. Some don't want reunion. Some, I mean, all of it. All of it. And only when you hear it all do you recognize and see we're all in this together. They're all in this together. So, yeah. But do your work, do your therapy and so forth, support groups and all of that here at Birth Moms Real Talk podcast. We have our own private Birth Moms Facebook and Zoom that you can really dig deeper. We're actually reading uh, Primal Womb now. This is a chance to meet with other birth moms and go through that. That's a membership organization. But we found that that's necessary versus randomly, I shouldn't say randomly, but you may be going this support group, this support group, of getting consistent help and support from other birth moms. That makes such a difference. Just like the adoptees, you got to get, you got to do your work. You've got to do your work. So any last thoughts, Laura? Uh, we want to hear about you. You give you a book and how they can find you and your other things you've written. Oh, thank you. I yeah, they can go to my website www.lauraelingel.com. Okay. And my book is called. You're going to love this. My book is called. The title is "You'll Forget This Ever Happened." <laughs> Which is, I think, appropriate because you know how I got that title. I kept writing and writing. I kept hearing, I kept hearing myself, uh-huh. and I write it down. All the different people that said it, right? And my book, my book is, my book has is heartbreaking in some mm-hmm. ways, but at the same time, my book also has some wonderful, joyous times in it, and it right. also, it also sheds the positive of reunion mm-hmm. and. And how important it is to at least, at least know, you know, in in, in a closed adoption, there was right. no way to know anything. Right, right. And also my books about secrets mm-hmm. and how important it is for us to realize that we're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you speak your truth, yes, you'll be so surprised at all the good things that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, the healing. Secrets keep you sick. Yes. Secrets keep you sick. Yeah. I'm I'm working on not just a memoir, but some different books. Cause I it's like I hear all of this and it's of putting it down and 
verbally for the podcast. We've got some other projects going. You know, I speak to birth moms retreats or other adoption communities because it's the voice of consistency of hearing. And and I say this because a lot of birth moms, and you know this more, are not ready to share publicly of what they've been through. I don't expect them to. People who come on the podcast and may want to share the story, they may want not want to use their full name. I have I actually had, I think, adoptees and some birth moms saying they listen to the podcast when they're alone in the house or the car because they don't want other people to know they even listening to a podcast. We're talking this is 2022, okay? There's such pain. Yes. There's such pain from all this. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I cry when I listen to your podcast. Mm. And, I mean, mm. I... I can't imagine this ever really going away. Right, right. And right. no matter how good a reunion is, there's yeah. always going to be that that sadness that yeah. we weren't together all mm-hmm. those years. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel my heart goes out to all birth mothers, whether mm-hmm. they want to reunite or not. Right, right. And I truly understand the ones who would be afraid of it because I was mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. I was afraid, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't have. It's hard. Told. It's you don't hard. Know how. Yeah, how's my family going to react to this? How 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 is my life going to change? Right, right, and it does. Right. It does. Change. It does. Your your life your life changes. Your life changed when you became a mom. My life changed on nineteen seventy three. That's when my life changed, and it changes through different intervals on what you go through, whether you're in reunion or not. And it's completely, as you say, that magical, as I think the words you used when you met your son, it becomes, in an, I'm in another phase here now of magic with it's that. It like, will it's continue. Like, it's like you have a newborn baby, but at the same time, you've had the gift of seeing this, this mm-hmm. baby after he's grown up. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. It's like pure love. Mm-hmm. It's really? crazy. And, and, build, and building, as I said, you know, he's not a little boy. We're building this adult relationship. Yeah. We're building this adult relationship. I'm yes, so happy yes. for you. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Thank thank you so much, Laura, and good luck and wishes for your book. You've been listening to Birth Moms Real Talk podcast with my guest, Laura, today. We are the platforms where birth moms share their story, their journey, get a lot of emails from people, adoptees and so forth and support. Support us, please. That's we continue to bring this on and this healing with these different podcasts. Go on our website, birthmomsrealtalk.com. Click the Patreon button, as we talked about. If you're a birth mother, share your story here. And as I said before, is that if you choose not to use your name, you can. It's your story. That's most important that will heal, not necessarily your name. But join Birth Moms Real Talk Village. That's a place where Birth Moms, we have a private Facebook page. Everybody's not ready to go public with the podcast and share on podcasts. But there's other way that you can hold, you can join together and heal. Like us on Facebook. Listen to our podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and all the other podcast platforms. We're getting great numbers. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than I even expected. I knew the need was there. Moms are coming out. I want to share my story. But if you're out there and have not shared, because some are first time, they've come out for the first time to share. And this can be a platform that will allow you to do that. But if not, join the village. Just support us with Patreon. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. 
If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then. Bye.